<laughs> so, our sermon today, we're going to start our looking at the Magnificat. And that's, you know, Mary's hymn of praise to God. And, you know, we're, we're going to move through this pretty quickly. So today we've got three verses. <laughs> I, I was starting, I was like, starting to outline the thing. It's like, I, I can't get through more than three. So, with that, if you'd please rise out of honor of God's word. Luke 1, verses 46 through 48. And I read in Jesus' name. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. Let us pray. Father, as we come now to study your word, Lord, we thank you for Luke recording this for us. Guide us now as we meditate on these truths. Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So the, the, the Latins were really clever in their naming of these things because the word magnificat is actually just the first word. In Latin, it means I magnify. And so, you know, you got... That's why it's called the Magnificat, because that was just the first word. And so then you know it was coming. And in some churches, they actually recite this as part of their liturgy. You know, this is something that can be used liturgically. And it's, it's kind of neat when that happens. We don't really do that. But uh, as, as we walk through this, I want you to think about that, that this is something that we can make as a hymn of our own. This is a, a confession of our interaction with God. And so what does it mean? Like, what's Mary saying here? What does it mean for us? Um, and that's why it's Magnificat 1, because this is just the first iteration. Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord. So what does it mean to magnify? You know, you, you think about make, make something bigger. But what sort of bigger? You know, because that's the, is it like, I need a teles or I need a, a microscope or a magnifying glass. And that magnifying glass, you take something that's small that you can't read, and it, and it makes it appear bigger. There's another type of magnification. There's a, a pastor named John Piper. I don't, don't agree with everything he says. So, but he says, that's not the proper magnification. It's not the proper way to think of magnification. We need to think of it like magnification of a telescope as opposed to the magnification of a magnifying glass. Because a telescope sees things that are huge but are far away. And that's what Mary is doing here when she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. She's saying, I am bringing your attention. My soul is looking to that which is huge but is so seldom seen, that it's seen so small, that it's seen so distant. I'm bringing it in. That's what Mary's doing here when she's saying magnify. She's not looking at something that's small and, dry and, and amplifying it. She's looking at something far and drawing it near. And we need this. Like We need that sort of magnification as human beings because our sin creates distance between us and God. It's not that God wants to be far from us. 
It's that our sin drives us far from God. And we think back in the days of, Garden, of the Garden of Eden. Why did God give Adam and Eve clothing? To protect Adam and Eve. Why did God give the Israelites the tabernacle and the priests? Did you know that one of the purposes of the priest was to bear the wrath of God so that he didn't break out against his people? Because if the people were in sin and the priests weren't there to stand in the gap, what would have happened to God's, to the Israelites? They'd have been destroyed. And so the priests were supposed to be there as the go-between. They were supposed to be there because of the sins of the people. And that's the same thing with us. Why do we need a telescope to see God? Is it because God's so small? No. Is it because God wants to be distant from us? No. It's because our sin, Nathaniel, Ah, Jesus is the advocate. He's the go-between. He's the one that draws us in. There you go. This is one more reason why everybody should go to Nathaniel Sunday School. Uh, or Edgar's. No offense, Edgar. <laughs> I'm just so used to leading that Sunday School that I usually try to get people away from it. Um, so that's what's going on. And so how do we do this? You know the cool thing about magnifying God is all we're called to do is to proclaim the truth about God. That's what true magnification of God is. We don't have to, like, pump God up. We don't have to make God seem bigger. We don't have to make God seem more powerful. We don't need the law of God to be harder or the gospel of God to be any sweeter. We don't need to do that. We don't need to change the truth of God because it's our sin, then, that brings the lies in. And so it's the truth of God that counteracts those lies, that contradicts the lies. It's the truth of God that brings the image of God here, here to us, here to us right now. And this is what our world needs. Our world, I tell you what, our world needs the truth of God. How many of you, and I'll raise my hand as well, how many of you have felt any anxiety this last week over the things going on in our nation? Any, any at all? Just a little bit? You know, so I, I woke up this morning at, uh, Lindy would be proud of me. I woke up this morning at 4.30. Uh, yep, that's, because that's, well, I'm getting ready for deer hunting, maybe. And, and I was anxious about what's going on in our nation. And so, and I didn't know why, because I thought I dealt with it. And so I, I went downstairs and I was praying downstairs for a little while and it, it struck me. If, if Brian said that he had something under control and I was sitting there chewing on my fingernails, not that I chew on my fingernails, but I was sitting there chewing on my fingernails saying, Brian, you got to get this fixed. You got to get this fixed. You got to get this fixed. Brian says, I got this under control. And I said, Brian, you got to get this fixed. You got to get this fixed. What would I be saying? Brian, you got to get this fixed. Yeah, that's what I would be saying to Brian. I'd be saying, I don't think you can handle this. I don't think you're responsible. I don't think you're telling me the truth. And I sat there because I, you know, I'm praying. So God's there. God forgive me. I would trust Brian. Why am I not trusting God? 
Because believe it or not, God is even more capable than Brian. Way far. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's the reality. Like, that's what we're doing with God. That's what I was doing with God. And so you know what I'm doing right now? I'm magnifying God. Because I tell you what, God's got it in control. And not only does God got it, have it, not only does God got it in control. <laughs> Believe it or not, English is my first language. <laughs> we talk so good. Huh? God's got, God, God's got this. He's got it. And he says he has it. And he says he will fix it. You know, fix it, what does that mean? Well, he's going to do that which is best. God understands. God knows. So we also know then that God forgives. God is slow to anger. God is patient. God is desiring that we would come to repentance. This is what God wants. And so when we interact with those sins, we don't just like shove them down. We say, God, forgive me. Because that's what he's calling us to. He's calling us to repentance. Calling us to confession. Because that was sin. You know, it was interesting because I got done dealing with that sin. And I was like, oh, I guess I've got something to share for my sermon today. (laughs) But this is what was going on inside of me at, well, about that time. It was about 6 o'clock. So what do we do? How do we magnify God? We tell the truth about God because we live in a world that believes lies about God. And that's how we magnify God. That's how we take that which is far and bring it near. That which is... Well, hmm. I'm going to have to be careful that I don't go off on a rabbit trail. But you know that the magnification of a magnifying glass could work because we're so nearsighted. That we need that magnifying glass. It's not that it's so small, it's that we're so nearsighted. So I guess it can go both ways. But I'm not going to get into that right now. (laughs) Secondly, what's Mary doing? So Mary says, my soul magnifies God. How? What, What is she saying? My soul magnifies the Lord. And so all of this is the magnification of of God and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So the rest of this is an explanation of that. That sets the tone. That's Mary. If you think about this like an essay, that's Mary's thesis. Like this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to lead you. And then the rest of it is her doing it. Her revealing the truth of God. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. What is that? mean he has looked on the humble estate of his servant mary saying i'm nothing i am little we live in a world where the bigger you are the more influence you have the more money you've got the more influence you have you know this is a pay to win scenario who has more influence in our government? The bum on the street? Or Jeff Bezos? Is it, you know, the owner of Apple? I, not owner, I suppose CEO? Cook? Or is it me? Do you think I have a politician's ear? You know, and so money equates to power nowadays. Money equates to influence. You know, why do we care what celebrities think? 
Because fame equates to influence. You use your influence. We have this influence. People want this fame. They want to utilize their power. Because the ones who are big are the ones who move things. There's a Greek saying, uh, spider webs are meant to catch flies, not stones. You know what that means? Laws aren't made for big people. Laws are made for little people. And you look at Greece right now and you can't understand why they are the way they are. If there's any Greek people listening, I apologize that your country's messed up. Um, no, it's whatever. But this, that's the way that our world is working. And Mary is saying, hey, that's actually not true. The Lord is looking on the humble estate of his servant. It's not because of my greatness that the Lord sees me. But it's not because of my littleness that the Lord sees me. It's in my littleness the Lord sees even me. So it doesn't matter if I'm Jeff Bezos, if I'm President Trump, if I'm uh, Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Joe Faldet. The Lord doesn't take that into account. The Lord doesn't say, you know what? You're important. I'm going to use you. The Lord says, you know what? I'm going to use you. The truth is, my external righteousness, my influence, God doesn't take those into account. He says, you know what? You're big. You know what? You're little. I'm going to put my spirit upon either of you. Both of you. Why? So that God's truth might come into this world. Because each and every one of us have opportunities. Each and every one of us have callings. Each and every one have a place. We have a place. We have a purpose. And so as God pursues us, this is not Mary then pursuing God. It's God pursuing Mary. And then Mary sets herself in the proper position towards God. Who is Mary? Servant of God. It's not because Mary's great that she's a servant of God. It's not because Mary can do lots of stuff that she's a servant of God. It's because God looked at Mary in her. And note, it's not because of. Because people get that messed up. They think in means because. And in doesn't mean because. In means in. He's looked on the humble estate of his servant. He's looked on that. Like that's just where Mary is. And God's looked on that and said, I'm going to use you. It's not because she's so self-effacing that she puts herself down all the time. Because that's not really humility either. And so Mary then sets herself to be the servant of God. To be the servant of the one that sees her, even in her humble estate, even in this situation, even in this place. Because, well... I'm, I'm not going to ask how many voted because I'd be afraid that some of you might not and you'd feel shamed. But you know, we, we don't have a lot of influence at that level. But you know, that's, we're not called to be a servant at that level. We're called to be the servant of the Lord, to do His will wherever He puts us in the time that He gives us for the magnification of His name. So that the world might know the truth about God. This is our calling. And so whether that's going to be at hometown on sun, next Saturday. Or whether that's going to be hanging out with your grandkids. Or whether that's 
going to be on Facebook when you're chatting with your friends. You have an opportunity to be a servant of the Lord, whether great or small, whether you've got, I don't even know it would be a lot of friends on Facebook. <laughs> whether you've got a million subscribers, subscribers? Is that on Facebook? Are they called subscribers there? Whatever. Friends. I don't do Facebook because I've got other things to do. So whether you've got a million friends or you've got five, you have the opportunity to magnify God to a world that sees him as being far away or can't see them, you know, if he slapped them in the forehead. Thirdly, Mary continues magnifying God. And she demonstrates her awe for behold. Now, behold in the Greek is, it's a, it actually it's really interesting because the Greek idea of behold and the Hebrew idea of behold are the same thing. They're saying, enter into what I'm seeing. Look through my eyes. That's what this means. And so Mary, as she's saying this, behold, look at this through my eyes. Don't just look at it. See what I'm seeing. Experience what I'm experiencing. This is what's going on. And you need to see this because this is amazing. Behold this. See it. This isn't just some story. This is reality. It's a testimony. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. This is, this is a testimony that she wants everyone to know. This is a testimony that's for the whole world. This is a testimony that, look at what God has done for me. Look at this through my eyes. I am nothing. And yet God has decided that I was going to be the mother of the Lord. I am nothing, and yet the Christ is going to come from me. It's not because of the greatness of Mary, because she's in the humble estate. God has looked upon my humble estate. God has looked on my humble estate. That's where she is. That's what she's in. And she's saying, here, all the world is going to know this from generation to generation. Now, isn't that cool? Because believe it or not, what God is doing in your life, just like what God has done in Mary's life. Now, Mary, that's writ large because she's the mother of the Christ. But what God is doing in my life and what God is doing in your life that's meant not just for us, but for the generations that come beyond us. That's why I like that today we're, you know, we sang that song, Find Us Faithful. You know, because this isn't just for me. This is for the 20-some kids that went and, I think it was about 20-some, isn't it? Quite a few kids, maybe not quite 20 today. They were hanging out in the library for prayer time. But not just for them. For their children, too. From generation to generation. This is to be passed on. Because this is the most amazing reality that this world has ever known. That the God of the universe actually cares about us. That the God of the universe is so powerful that he can even use us. Even us. He doesn't just use the really wise people. He doesn't just use the really strong and powerful people. He doesn't really use just the, doesn't use just the really eloquent people. God is so powerful, he can even use a farm kid from northern Minnesota. God is so powerful that he can use any of us. Whatever our faults, failings, foibles, is that enough F's, Lindy? 
I only got three F's there. Sorry. I can't think of any more. Fallacies? Friends? I don't know. Whatever. Faith. God uses, God uses even us. Think about that. This is for the rest of the world that they might know. For all of these generations that they might know, that they might see. Because as we receive these things, as Mary received these promises and believed them, trusted God, all the world will call me blessed. This is what God does. This is how God works. We don't prove ourselves to God and God finally says, you know, I suppose they've done a good job. I'm going to give them a little something. You know, it would be like God being an Italian mobster or something like that. No, that's not God. God says, I'm going to bless. I want to bless. Will you trust me? All from now on, all the world is going to call me blessed. From, that's not the right. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. So that's what God wants of us, too. He doesn't, he doesn't want us going and tooting our own horn and crowing about our own stuff. He wants the world to see that this actually comes from God. This doesn't become because of my greatness or your greatness or anybody's greatness. It comes because God blesses. This is what it means to magnify God. You know what? Everything that I have is a gift from God. He wants the world to know that. And in showing the world that, we magnify God. Because then we're actually telling the truth about God. And so it becomes really simple. What does it mean to witness, to testify? It just means to tell the truth about God. To see ourselves in the proper position. Because everybody here, we're all in that humble estate. None of us are great in comparison to God. God still looks at us to use us, to bless us, so that the world might know that He is a God that blesses. And so today, as you go about your business, this week, as you go about your way, as you Work your job and interact with your friends. Let the world know that you're blessed. But this is God who has done it. That's not because of our greatness or our hard work, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. It's because of the glory, the grace, the love of God. Bring that truth. To a world that needs it. So right now, we live in a world that is oppressed under a lie. Nobody's in control. How many of you ever heard this last month, I don't know what to believe. No, that's a lie. We know what to believe. Maybe not out of the media. But we've got something that supersedes the media. 
We know the God that actually has this in control. Even more than Brian does. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are, Lord, that you are who you say you are, that, that you work where you say you're going to work, that you are faithful, God, that you are faithful. Forgive us for the lies that we believe and so give control over our lives to. Forgive us. May we walk as lights in this world. May we be fearless for the sake of your name. May we be bold to reveal your truth to a world that needs to know it. Father, we thank you for giving us your truth. Let us walk it out like Mary spoke it out. Let it be on our lips and in all of our actions, we ask in Jesus' name. As we close with the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Note that you just made a confession. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. You said that. You said that. Will you walk out your confession?